Hello, and welcome to season three of Unadulterated Heart. It is I, your host and friend, Rachel the Beloved. This season is going to get deep, so I hope you're ready for some filet mignon. I'm going to go sit at the table in the presence of my enemies. I'll see you there. All right, guys, I am so excited for this word because it feels very urgent. I was just in the secret place today and Holy Spirit just laid this really heavy on my heart. I was getting really excited and it just felt very urgent like I needed to share it today. So far, I have never made an episode in the same day and get it out there. But like I said, this just feels so urgent. And so let's dig in. We know that obviously if you look around in the world enough, you will see it's pretty dark. There is a lot of dark things happening right now. And so God really led me, you know, to Second Chronicles 7, where the Lord appears to Solomon, okay? And he said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. So it's not just the world you know, that has turned away from the face of God. We can see that already. We can see that in the news, but that's not where I'm going to focus, actually. I want to look at this scripture as he's, he's talking to his people. He said, if my people, we, the body, have gotten caught up in the appearance of godliness, a tickling ear message, as much as God is a God of love, he is also a God of justice not only for the world, but inside his body. So when we go to Revelation 2, verse 4, it says this, Yet I hold this against you. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. So I just really feel like we need to stop looking at the world and being dismayed or disheartened about what is going on. That's a distraction. I am not saying that we should not be praying about the things that are going on. Of course we should. I'm just saying uh, on top of that, or I mean, I got to be honest with you. I really don't focus a lot on the horrible things that are happening in the world as I focus on his face and looking inward in the secret place and allowing Holy Spirit to reveal what we can do differently, how to pray, how to seek. If we repent and seek his face, then he's going to heal the land. So I wanted to dig into every single part of that Second Chronicles 7 verse and dig deeper into the things that we should be doing as a body. So the first part is humble ourselves. So is there anything in us that is prideful, arrogant, self-centered, jealous, the need for recognition, any victim mentalities? Honestly, the list can go on so long. 
But we as the body need to humble our own selves, look inside. You know how the, the scriptures say not to point out anybody else's sin before looking inside of what you are struggling with. Then the next thing we need to do is pray. But what are we praying about? We need to talk to him because prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not just petitions and requests. It's that and more. It's listening. The next thing it says is that we are to seek his face. Seeking his face is what I talk about mostly on this podcast. Seeking him just to know him and know his heart, who he really is. Not just praying and asking for things or even thanking him, which are both things that we should, of course, be doing. I'm not discrediting those things. I'm just simply stating that there's more than just that. I know just from many conversations that I've had with people, because I really do love people, this area specifically of seeking his face is just not as commonly practiced as other things. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Are we seeking to know the Father's heart? Some of us are, and that's amazing. But if you're not, no condemnation in Jesus' name. He is always there, and he is never angry at us for missing a piece of the truth or falling short. We are all growing and maturing in him. And I can honestly proclaim that it has been this season of seeking his heart and his face just to sit with him and allow him to speak to my heart. It has been the most exciting, fruitful, intense, overflowing time of my life. And the crazy part is, if you look outwardly at the circumstances that are around me right now, it doesn't really show like amazing and awesome and wonderful like the words that I was using. Just for instance, right now, you know, I'm still single waiting for a husband. I'm living at my friend's house. Uh, My job is completely exhausting sometimes mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's definitely the hardest job I've ever had in my whole life. And I have no idea when all of this is going to end. I don't really see physically. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I don't know when this man is coming and I don't know when this job will, whatever, whatever needs to happen with that. But, and then of course, living in a new city where I don't know many people, like, you know, just a few, but in the secret place, seeking his face is where he reveals his plans to me. Let's quickly look at the life of David before he was even anointed by Samuel. He was a shepherd that knew how to worship. And he fought a lion and a bear with his bare hands. (laughs) No pun intended. Okay, come on. Which one of us would go after an actual lion or bear to rescue our sheep? Or who would say, well, it's just one. Uh, Still got a good bit, so, but not David. He knew God so intimately that he trusted him to even save him from a wild animal such as a lion or a bear. He was just a man, just a shepherd. So the Bible isn't just the divinely given word of the Most High God, but it also is a historical document. Even secular scholars can tell us about the people of the Bible. Let that just sink in. David wasn't born royalty. He was just a poor shepherd, the youngest of Jesse's children. 
but he is described as a man that chased after the heart of God. He wasn't trying to be anything, but in love with the Father. He wasn't perfect. We saw that with Bathsheba, right? But then even Jesus is called the son of David. That's mind-blowing. David's intimacy caused him to leave a massive legacy. And again, he was just a shepherd from Bethlehem, which is a small town in the hill country of Judah. But David sought after the face of God and followed him with a pure heart, giving God his yes. When we are seeking the face of God and giving him our yes, he can truly do incredible, amazing things, things that we have never even imagined. I wonder if David, when he was sitting out in the field with the father and his sheep, just in the nature, singing worship songs to him, glorifying his name, I wonder, did David think about being a king? Like, was his thoughts like, oh, maybe one day I'm going to rule a nation? (laughs) What is your big God dream? What could you see him using you in? What kind of strengths do you have that the Father has given you? There is a reason why we are all unique, that we are all a different part of the body because we in the things that God has called us to walk in. One other point, didn't the fact that David went after the enemy that took his sheep sound familiar? In Matthew 18, Jesus gives the parable of the wandering sheep is what it's called, but it says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This is another reason we need to all be operating in our gifts because he is after that one. He is leaving the 99 to go after that one. And to go after that one, sometimes he uses people. He uses us, the body, to get to that one, to speak a word to them, a word of knowledge to be walking in our purpose in some way that affects this one. I remember when I was that one, I had wandered off and if it wasn't for the people in my life praying for me, speaking into my life and just believing for me and loving me, then who knows how long it would have taken me to come back to know the Lord as I do now. In John 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I mean, and then it goes on to say, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is where it gets exciting. Everyone has this same truth. Not one single calling 
is better than the other. It is unique to your own relationship with the Father. How much will you give him? Will you let him tell you where to work, where to live, where to attend church? Will you lay down your life for him? Now, I am not saying that everyone needs to do what I did and quit their job and move to another city. That's just my direction and calling. And maybe it is yours. Maybe it's not. But the way you will find out is in the secret place. It all leads back to intimacy. And I truly believe we were all positioned where he has positioned us for such a time as this, for a specific purpose. And when we get into that secret place with him, he will reveal those plans and purposes to us. But if we allow ourselves to stay distracted by other things and not take that priority, make that a priority to get into the secret place, it is harder to find out and it takes longer to know what his plans are. The next thing in Second Chronicles 7 that it says to do is to turn from their wicked ways. When you allow Holy Spirit to have your attention and to lead you uh, into all truth, he will reveal any wickedness in your life that needs to be turned from. And only in that revealing, when it is brought into his light, can it be removed from your life. There are so many hidden sins and not so hidden sins within us. Even after we get saved, he is always trying to shape us into the beautiful, free creation that we were predestined to be. No longer bound to sin, but able to be free to walk in the spirit and the light as he is in the light. If we allow these hidden sins to stay hidden and just deal with them and think that we can never be set free from them, they will eventually become like a parasite sucking the life out of you. So because you can't walk in the light because then you have this conviction of Holy Spirit. So then you're being held back, you know. We can walk in power. It is possible to be free, even from that thing you feel like you could never get free of. I know this to be true because he did it for me. And if he'll do it for me, he will do it for you. I'm not anything special. I'm just Rachel, but I am his. He set me free from myself. And who the son sets free is free indeed. After we do these things, God promises to hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. He said, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. In this word, he's talking about Solomon's temple, but now we are the temple. He has torn the veil and placed his living spirit within us. So we need to go and get in the secret place and let him reveal himself and his plans to us. Will we take him for his word when he says that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose? Until next time, go in love and light.